my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in today's gospel from Luke chapter 13, 22 to 30, this is what we are told. Through towns and villages, Jesus went teaching, making his way to Jerusalem. Someone said to him, Sir, will there be only a few saved? He said to them, Try your best to enter by the narrow door, because I tell you, many will try to enter and will not succeed. Once the master of the house has got up and locked the door, you may find yourself knocking on the door, saying, Lord, open to us. But he will answer, I do not know where you come from. Then you will find yourself saying, We once ate and drank in your company. You taught in our streets. But he will reply, I do not know where you come from. Away from me, all you wicked men. Then there will be weeping and grinding of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves turned outside. And men from east and west, from north and south, will come to take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Yes, there are those now last who will be first, and those now first who will be last. Dear friends in Christ, we are told that through towns and villages, through towns and villages, Jesus went teaching. Jesus went teaching in towns and villages. Why? Friends, just like the church today, the church is continuing the teaching ministry of Christ. And we all share in the teaching ministry of Christ through our bishops. We all share lay priests, deacons. We share in the teaching ministry of Christ through the teaching ministry given to the bishops. We all share in that teaching ministry of Christ. Now, through towns and villages, Jesus went teaching. And we realize that throughout the life of Jesus, indeed, Jesus was always teaching. All his teachings, whether they were in deed or in word or by word or by example, all these were based and centered around salvation. All the teachings of Jesus, whether he taught by word or by example, that is by deed, by his deeds, all his teachings were geared towards salvation of man. In fact, precisely that is why he came. He said, I have come that they may have life and have it in abundance. So whatever Jesus was teaching through these towns and villages, 
These were all towards giving those people in the towns and villages, and like us today, life eternal, the God kind of life. Dear friends, that is why the young man, somebody asked Jesus, will there be only a few saved? Possibly, Jesus was talking directly about salvation here, but I've made it clear that all the teachings of Jesus, whether it is direct or indirect, it is geared towards salvation. All the miracles Jesus did, all the teachings he did, all the kindness he showed, all the preachings, all the teachings were geared towards the salvation of man. That is why Jesus came. I have come to seek and save the lost. And we all were lost, but in Christ Jesus we have been found. And it is the mind of Jesus that all of us come to salvation through Christ. All of us come to know him and be saved. And so the question the man asked was, Sir, will there be only a few saved? And Jesus told him, Try your best to enter by the narrow door. I don't know why this young person was concerned about whether many or few will be saved. But dear friends, I think this rings a bell in our, uh, this should ring a bell in our hearts. How concerned are we about the salvation of others? Or first of all, how are we concerned about our own salvation and the salvation of others? This should be at the back of our minds. And that is why Jesus expects us to be concerned about evangelization. Jesus is concerned about evangelization because evangelization is about the salvation of souls. And that is why Jesus came. And in fact, that is the only assignment, so to speak, Jesus gave the church. And Jesus gave you and I that same assignment. So Jesus' teachings are geared towards the salvation of man. And it's interesting, when this young man asked, only, will only a few be saved? Jesus said, try your best to enter by the narrow door. Friends, we have to talk about salvation day in and out. This person who asked Jesus was concerned about the salvation of many. How, what is our concern? What are we concerned about? Now Jesus' response is, try your best to enter by the narrow door. Because I tell you, many will try to enter and will not succeed. Why? Because the door is narrow. And because the door is narrow, what it means is that we cannot carry bags and baggages, so to speak. We cannot carry a lot of things with us through that. We must be ready to give up all manner of things before we can go through a narrow door. When a door is narrow, you don't expect to carry a lot of things through that door. Many things are obstructing us from entering that narrow door. That's what Jesus says. Many will try to enter but will not succeed. Why? Because, friends, we are not ready to give up many things that will allow us to enter the narrow door. Friends, the narrow door is inconveniencing. It's inconveniencing. Jesus tells us it is a narrow door. And so we must be ready to inconvenience ourselves to go through that door. What kind of inconvenience do we need to go through to be able to pass through this narrow door? Friends, 
We will all agree with me that it is inconveniencing to pray, but we must make time to pray. It is inconveniencing to read our Bibles and meditate on the Word of God, but we must make time to do so. It is inconveniencing to go to church, to go for Bible sharing, to go for church programs where Jesus is, but we must try to be there. That is why Jesus gives the answer. He says, try. Try your best to enter by the narrow door. Try your best to pray always. Try your best to read your Bible always. Try your best to go to church always. Try your best to go for Bible sharing. Try your best to not to forsake the assembly of the brethren where Christian programs are organized by the church. Where Christian programs are organized for us to go and nourish our faith and to know Jesus Christ, let us try and be there. That is what Jesus is saying. The inconveniences of going through all this, that is our trying to enter by the narrow door. And friends, Jesus is saying that if we pretend to be trying, if we pretend to be trying by not inconveniencing ourselves, friends, we will be among those who are claiming to try to enter and will not succeed. But remember, the will of God is that all of us try to enter. The will of God is that all of us succeed in entering. Now, it goes on to say, Once the master of the house has got up and locked the door, you may find yourself knocking on the door, saying, Lord, open to us. But he will answer, I do not know where you come from. I do not know where you come from. Then you will find yourself saying, We once ate and drank in your company. You taught in our streets. But he will reply, I do not know where you come from. Away from me, all you wicked men. It is interesting in this dialogue between these people and Jesus. These people are saying that we once ate and drank in your company. You taught in our streets. Take note. They are claiming that and Jesus is saying that we will one day claim, God forbid, in the name of Jesus, we will succeed, we will enter. But Jesus is saying that if we are not very careful, we will one day say, we once ate and drank in your company and you taught in our streets. But Jesus says, his reply will be, I do not know where you come from. Away from me. But these people are insisting that we know you. You ate, we, we ate with you. We drank with you. We were in your company. You taught in our streets. These are the claims. But the point is this. We claim, these people are claiming to know Jesus, but Jesus is, Jesus is saying he doesn't know them. It is one thing to know Jesus. It is another thing, Jesus knowing us. That is a lesson we have to learn from here. Because these people are claiming, we once ate and drank in your company. You taught in our streets. But he will reply, I do not know where you come from. Friends, it is crucial. It is one thing we, knowing, we claiming to know Jesus, and it's another thing Jesus truly knowing us. And friends, anyone who truly knows Jesus will be saved. John 17 verse 3. Anyone who truly and sincerely knows Jesus will be known by Jesus. Jesus says also that I know my sheep and my sheep know me. 
I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Friends, but in this context, this man is saying that we once ate with you, we drank with you. But Jesus says, I do not know you. What does that suggest to us? What does that tell us? Friends, it's like, for example, all of us, we watch TV, for example, and we see Nana Akufo-Addo, our current president. We see him from afar, so we can claim to know him. Maybe we have even attended functions the time they were going through the campaigns and all that. We were at rallies and they addressed us. So we can claim we know him. But does he know us? Friends, we have different levels of knowledge. We have different levels of knowledge. And Jesus is saying that we knowing him and he knowing us is at a different level. And that is what we must seek for. Or we must seek. Jesus is talking about personal knowledge, personal knowledge of Jesus Christ, individual personal knowledge of Jesus Christ, not group knowledge, not, um, not people together knowing him. The man said, we once, the people are saying that we once, we, we once ate and drank in your company. You taught in our streets. We once, that is group, group knowledge. We once taught, you, you, we once ate and drank in your company and you taught in our streets our streets so this man was say or these people were claiming that we were in a group we ate with you we were in a group when you were teaching on our streets or when you were teaching in our streets we were there but the question is you knew him from afar but did you make an effort to draw closer to know him personally and that is the knowledge jesus is talking about jesus says i do not know you we know the president of Ghana, we know him through the screens, we know him through political rallies and all that. But does he know us? Who are those Nana Ado knows, for example? He knows those who are very close to him, who make time to visit him, those who interact with him. In the same way, Jesus says we should abide in him. We must seek to know Jesus personally. And how do we do that? St. Paul teaches us, pray without season. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Pray without ceasing. Friends, prayer keeps us in contact with Jesus. We must make time to sit at the feet of Jesus personally. When we sit at his feet personally, we will know him and he will know us, so to speak. He will know us and we will know him. And friends, John 17, 3 says, Knowing that only through God and Jesus Christ, whom God has sent, that is salvation. So when we make time to sit at his feet, make time to sit at prayer, personal prayer, personal prayer will let us know Jesus personally. Personal prayer. Group prayer is good, but we must go beyond group prayer. In fact, group prayer is supposed to groom us and teach us to go and make our personal prayer. So we must make personal time with God in prayer. That is how Jesus will know us, and we will also know him, so to speak. We will also truly know him. So through constant prayer, personal time of prayer. So when St. Paul tells us to pray with our season, and even in Luke 18 verse 1, Jesus talks about the need for us to pray with our season. Jesus is saying that, be in touch with me. Be in constant personal relationship with me, and I will know you. The second way by which we can know Jesus personally is through the word of God. Through meditating on the word of God. 
daily meditation on the word of God. Joshua 1, 8 and 9. Joshua 1, 8. And you remember in the Gospels also, Jesus tells Martha and Mary. Jesus tells Martha, Mary has chosen the better, better part because she is sitting at my feet and listening to me. That is the only thing that matters. Sit at my feet. I want to know you and I want you to know me. Sit at my feet. Friends, so when we meditate on the word of God, through the word of God, we get to know Jesus. And Jesus will get to know us. Jesus and his word are one. Friends, the scriptures are alive. Ignorance of the scriptures is ignorance of Christ, St. Jerome tells us. And friends, I've always said it and I will keep saying it. That is why in the wisdom of the church, God has inspired her to present to us the scriptures every day that we will get to know Jesus Christ and be saved. Jesus and his word are one. Knowing the scriptures, meditating on the scriptures is crucial. But friends, it is not only to know, but we are supposed to know and to do. And that's why Jesus will tell us in Matthew 7 verse 21, not all those who call me Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom as we see in this case. But those who do what my father wants them to do. Friends, how can we know what the father wants us to do when we don't know the father? When we don't know the ways of the father, the word of God. We must know the scriptures to know what the father wants us to do. And Jesus is saying that doing what the father wants is crucial for our salvation. Not all those who do say to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. But those who do the works of my father. Those who do what my father wants. And friends, until we take our time and really sit at the feet of Jesus, we may be doing some things thinking that that is what the father wants. But friends, it is one thing doing something. is another thing doing what God actually wants. Some of us are doing things that in fact God is not even aware of. But what he actually wants us to do, we are not doing. For example, evangelization is at the heart of God. And he wants us to evangelize. He wants us to proclaim his word to the ends of the earth. He himself was going through towns and villages. Friends, and we are content with our Christian life. We are not reaching out. We are not evangelizing. Friends, and this is one of the major commandments. In fact, God expects you and I to do. So we must take note of that. One of the ways we can know Jesus and he knowing us is to engage in activities he has assigned us to do, doing his will. And one of them is what? To meditate on the word of God, to know his will and to execute it. Friends, we can also get to know him and God know us or God Jesus knowing us through the blessed sacrament. Visit the blessed sacrament. Make time for adoration, personal adoration, personal visitation of the blessed sacrament. Going to church, friends, going to church, going for church programs, going for Bible sharing. These are all ways by which we will get to know Jesus and Jesus will know us. Friends, let us take all these events, these activities seriously. Jesus wants us to know him and he also knows us. He wants to know us. That is complete salvation. Then we are told, then there will be weeping and grinding of teeth. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and yourselves stand outside, a man from the east and west, from north and south, will come to take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Yes, there are those now last who will be first, and those now first who will be last. 
The first shall be the last, and the last shall be the first. Yet there are some those who are, there are some, now last, who will be first. That is referring to us, the Gentiles. At the time he was preaching, we had not heard the gospel yet. We were last, so to speak. And, but he's saying that if we, those who are Gentiles will receive the word of God also later, they will also enter the kingdom of God as first. And for those of them at the time who are the Jews, so to speak, who received him, who heard the message and refused to believe, they were first in that context, but they will be last in the sense that they will not be saved because they have rejected the Son of Man. And so the first being the last and the last being first is in reference to the Jews being first to hear, but if they reject him, they will be last. And the last being the Gentiles who are last to hear Jesus, so to speak, but if we believe him, we will be saved, and in that case, we will be first. That is what Jesus meant when he says, the first shall be last and the last first. Dear friends, Jesus wants all of us to be saved. Jesus wants all of us to be saved. Let us make an effort, he says, try to enter by the narrow door. But we must always remember this. Salvation is a free gift. It's by grace we have been saved. Our trying, our doing good deeds and all that is our response to this free gift. It's our response to this free gift. We are not working out our own personal self. We are not saving ourselves, so to speak. We are working out our salvation with fear and trembling, as we are told in Philippians chapter 2. We are working out our salvation in the sense of our response. That is our trying to enter by the narrow door. But salvation is a free gift. But when you are given something, you must stretch out your hand to receive it. And that is our response. That is we trying to enter by the narrow door. And friends, we must be ready to inconvenience ourselves at all levels to be able to enter by the narrow door. As we come to the end of this month of devotion to our mother, may she pray for us that we, like her, will endure to enter by the narrow door. That we, like her, by her intercession and by her prayers, will learn to share the word of God, to evangelize, and that we will cooperate with the grace of the Holy Spirit, the agent of evangelization, to evangelize the world wherever we find ourselves. May the Lord bless us and keep us. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.